Julia Bendis is a matchmaker who grew up in Soviet Russia and now lives in Orange County, California. This episode, she tells us what it's like to be a matchmaker, as well as crazy requests she gets from clients. You'll learn how to find your ideal match by breaking out of your type, as well as how to deal with difficulties that naturally occur in relationships. A matchmaker is actually, it's, so it, it originated back in like the 12th century or something. Mm. It started in Eastern Europe, which is where I'm from. I'm from Russia. Yeah. And yeah. it really started out, you know, Eastern Europe, yeah, Russia, Pol- Poland. And it was for really with Jewish people which is kind of strange because they were, I don't know if you're familiar with history of Jews in Russia and Eastern Europe, they were kind of banished to living outside of the cities. They weren't allowed to live in the city, in the metropolitan city. It was kind of, you know, I mean, there was anti-Semitism from the beginning, you know, people have always hated the Jews and continue to. So they um, pretty much lived in these small villages and they had to farm and they had to grow their own food and crops and everything. And if they wanted their children to marry, um, not just within their own village, but within their own culture and religion. And so they kind of started matching people, you know, Mm. within their own culture, which I don't do because I don't believe that people should stay within their own culture. I actually think this is how racism will never end is if we stick within our own culture and our own religion and own everything. Um, I actually encourage people to look outside of what they know and outside of their, whatever you want to call it, a comfort zone, which is kind of sad that we still have those, you know, beliefs, but it just kind of originated because really they didn't know any better and they couldn't like just travel and find their partner anywhere else. So they had these women and, you know, the stereotype is that it's an old Jewish woman who is gossiping and bringing these two singles together. You know, it's not, I'm not old. (laughs) (laughs) But you are Um, gossiping and bringing people together. Well, I'm not gossiping. I'm definitely (laughs) not. I'm only bringing those that want to come together and find Mm. a match. And they come to me, honestly. So I don't really advertise. I don't market. I, it's just word of mouth and referrals from my past clients. So what I do is I, I consult, I have a consultation with someone just like what you and I are doing now, mm. virtually in person. Well, you know, during COVID, it's been a little bit tough to do in person. And I find out what they're looking for and what they want and what they don't want in a partner. And most of the times they don't know what the hell they want. And I kind of have to open their mind up a little bit and say, you know, you may think this is what you want, but... I suggest you meet so-and-so. I suggest you meet this person because after meeting with each person, I kind of get the sense of who they are and what would be great for them, who would be great for them. So, I mean, of course, if they tell me, look, you know, I never want to have children, I'm not going to introduce them to someone who absolutely wants children, right? So, of course, there's certain criteria that I go by. And yeah, it's not online dating. It's me doing all the matchmaking. That's matching. So that's where you know, that word comes from. Is your typical client always looking for like love or are they just looking for companionship? Like what is the typical person looking for? Well, it's interesting you say that because I've noticed over the years of doing this and I've been doing this for over 20 years, uh, officially, professionally, 
I, I've always done this. I, I, my first match was you know, when I was like 15 years old in, in school. <laughs> but um, so I noticed that people that ha- are older, I, I would say over the age of 60, or yeah, I would say over the age of 60, have been married before, may have had kids already. They're more looking for just a companion. They may not necessarily want to get married again or settle down in, in that fashion. They just want a partner. Uh, people that are, I would say, 60 and under or 50 and under definitely wants to get married. They want to have children. Um, I have some crazy people, too, mainly men that are completely unrealistic. And if they have a little bit of money, that that's a whole other thing. You know, it's, uh, you know, I've had men in their late 50s coming to me that say they want to start a whole new family because their kids are grown. They're lonely. They want to start all over again. I mean, I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but they also want to date somebody who's 10 to 20 years younger than them, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But if they have money, there's women, they'll do it. So do you end up having women on your side of things that will go, you know, say, because you're bringing two people together that have come to you. You have a, a young woman who's, say, in her late 30s or, you know, early 40s. And she's like, I'm looking for a rich man in his 50s or 60s that wants to have a few kids. And and then you go, oh, yeah, I've got Steve over here. He's rich and he's looking for someone just like you. Does that tend to happen a fair amount where it's like a really easy match where it's like they've just kind of gone like gold digger. Here's the gold type thing. Right, right, right. He's like, oh, that would be so easy. Oh, my gosh, that would be a dream. No, the thing is, I'm ready to quit like once a month because this business is anything but easy. It is so, in fact, I just took about a week off. I I haven't done anything because I was exhausted and stressed. And it's, it's a very, very stressful business. I wish I was doing literally like sugar babies, sugar mamas, sugar daddies, you know, gold diggers with whatever. Um, or escort business. I really feel like I should just go into the prostitution business and become a madam because it would be a lot easier and a lot simpler. You know, you're looking for one thing, one thing only, (laughs) you know? And, uh, so it's, it's very stressful. Um, I, I do have a lot of those women, like you said, who do want an older person, someone who with money, but, it's not necessarily to build a life with. They don't want to have children with them because, I mean, they are older. I mean, I know we say our eggs get older, but, you know, you guys' sperm get old too. So I hate to say that, but most women don't want to have babies with an older man. They just want to have fun. And when they're ready to settle down, most likely they'll leave him. So wow. It's and it's it's terrible. It's unfortunate. They want to have fun with them, and if the man is okay with that, and I explain that to them, that listen, you realize this isn't forever, right? If she finds somebody younger, hotter, more money, whatever, or when she's done having fun with you, that that's going to be it. So that's why I always encourage people: stop. If you have your own career and if you have your own money, if you're doing well, why why would you want somebody to to be even wealthier, even someone to take care of you when you're doing fine on your own. Do you want love? Do you want real, something real? Or do you want, you know, a a daddy figure to take care of you? Like, well, 
what issues are we working with here that we need to work through? Yeah. So, so do you end up working through a lot of people's issues? So say if they've had like a, a past history of like abuse or, you know, family issues, is that normally the first step of, of when you get a client, you kind of go, what's going on with you? You know, you, you've come here now, you're, you're, you know, 30 odd, 40 odd. There's obviously a life before that. Do you dig into that first before you even get to trying to match them? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So what happens is most people come to me and they are 100% sure they're ready to date. And I immediately tell them that's bullshit. We have to talk first. I have to get to know you. I read people very well. So whether I had to learn how to read people through video because it's it wasn't quite the norm. I would meet everyone pre-COVID in person. So that was a little bit tough. But I... I know when people are lying to me, like I can tell when they're not interested. I can tell when they're saying one thing and mean something else. So I stop them right away and we say, okay, listen, this is what you're telling me, but this is what I'm hearing. So what is the issue here? What's the problem? Why are you, for example, I'll give you an example. I have a lot of clients, especially being in Orange County, California. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I know that I used to watch the show, the OC amazing show i'm not going to sing the theme song so the listeners hear it but i yeah. loved that show so i know a little bit about orange show. county it's a little it's like a well-to-do place everybody's a bit high flying you know you're right on top of hollywood all that kind of good stuff well actually no hollywood that's la orange county is south much south from it's between san diego and la okay but so it's the nice between zone is between yeah, which is um, they actually filmed it in LA, which is ridiculous. Every time we'd watch it, we'd be like, "But that's not that's not Orange County. That's LA. That's like <laughs> Melrose, whatever." You know, I don't. Um, but it's very conservative. It's very um, how should I put it nicely? White. Um, it's very, you know, when when they see a non-white person, it's like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" So it is really really tough to not only live here as a Jewish person, because it's very, um, it's very sheltered. Mm. It's very judgmental. It's very, um, you know, I get excited when a new neighbor moves in who is, you know, uh, that's not white. <laughs> you know, my kids are like, mom, you you can't stare at people because they think you're racist. I'm like, no, I'm staring because I'm so excited and I want to be friends with them and I want to welcome them and I want them to know that not everybody here is conservative and, no. you know, shallow. But the clients that come to me are very much kind of a tunnel vision. You know, this is what I'm used to. This is what I want to marry. This is who I want to have children with. So I'm very quick about, so why do you want to date white women or white men or, you know, Hispanic or whatever it is that, why won't you date Asian or black men or, you know, pick any, any other race and culture? And it's, well, that's what I'm used to. So. What what does that mean? Let's talk about this. Some people also have the familial issues. You know, their families say, oh, you can only be with another black person. You can only be with another Asian person. And then when they ask why, it's like, that's because that's how it is. Do you know what I mean? That's literally all that the answer is. And so how often are you having to break down these these stereotypes that people have? Is it like every client near enough or is it just a few? Like, It's a lot. I mean, I would say 90% of my clients are pretty particular about what they will date and what they won't date. And it's really sad because they're coming to me. They're paying me money, not their mom, not their dad, not their family. 
So my first response to them is, well, do you want your family to live with this person for the rest of their life? Or you're going to be living with this person? Are you in a relationship with this person? Or is your whole family in a relationship? I understand because I have a 21-year-old son and he's dating now. And I get it because you do marry the whole family, so to speak, right? But to be that closed-minded just because, well, this is what I'm used to, you're missing out on some amazing potential partners just because they may not be Christian or Catholic or, you know, Latina or whatever it is that you're looking for. So I encourage people to be open-minded. And if they won't, a lot of times I don't take them on. I won't work with them. Oh, okay. So you will refuse somebody if you think I can't do anything for you, because that is one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, with the matchmaking game, I'm sure you're wanting to have more successes than you do kind of just go, oh, give me your money. And if someone comes up, then I'll, I'll let you know type thing. For you, it is more so about seeing, oh, this person is workable. This person will want to right. date other types of people or go, do you know what? I know you've been trying to date women that are high flying, whatever, doing all kinds of stuff or men. that. Have, how about you just try this guy? He's a plumber and he has a good living, takes care of himself and all that kind of stuff. So you, you do kind of work on changing people, but some people are beyond changing is what I'm gathering. Right. A hundred percent. You're, you're a hundred percent correct. Some people are just, it's, it's impossible to change the way they think. I'm not trying to change them and who they are. I'm just trying to open up their views a little bit more. And I'm trying to explain to them that how about we don't stick within your backyard? I mean, literally and not literally, you know, uh, whatever the opposite of literally is let's, let's open up your horizons a little bit. So I even encourage people to date or be open to dating someone that is, you know, maybe from another country or in another country, in another state, um, maybe, you know, just someone that is the right person for them. And they may not always be five miles down the street from you. I must admit my, my personal dating life is a mess, so I won't go into <laughs> it right now quite yet. <laughs> But um, a lot of people do say that whole, oh, you live too far away kind of thing. I was like, what's the difference between, you know, a half an hour drive and a two hour drive? Because I've I've had long distance relationships. Well, I say long distance. I've had someone live in a different city to me and it's not so bad. You know, you see them once a week if you can, once a month if that's what works. But a lot of people will literally think the love of their life or the best person for them should live, you know, within 10, 15 minutes of them. And it's like, that is impossible, surely. Exactly. Especially if you're in a small city, in a small town, it is impossible. And I believe that people, like I was saying, I, they should not only be open to the type of person, but to where they are. I mean, how do you know if you've never tried? So I, I'm always encouraging people to give me a few different options, give themselves options to listen to me and listen to my intuition and my gut, because there's a reason why I'm still doing this. There's a reason why I'm still in business. And clearly I've had marriages happen, many marriages, babies born due to what I do. And if you will just be open-minded enough to let me bring that person to you, and let me do my job. You know, you're paying me, you're hiring me, just like when you hire someone to, you know, fix your house and remodel or paint, 
you don't sit there and tell them, no, 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 you missed the corner. No, 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 I don't want this fella. No, no, go here, go do this. Leave me alone. You pay me, we have a conversation, we talk, we discuss. Now leave me alone and let me do my job. And then the best thing for you is to actually meet with every single person I introduce you to, whether they're very local or they're outside of your criteria, outside of your area. And like you said, you know, now with technology, long distance, when it used to never work, and I used to be completely against long distance relationships, but now it's not the same. I mean, look what we're doing now, where you are and where I am. Thousands right? of miles apart having a conversation, honestly. The only difference is, you know, I couldn't reach out and poke you if I wanted to, but other, other, right. than, <laughs> other than that, it's the same thing, isn't it? I hope you wouldn't want to poke your date. <laughs> I hope you know, I know what you mean, but no. And you know, the thing is you can't, you cannot be 24 seven with each other. You need to have some time apart. You need to miss them a little bit. And of course, at the end of the day, one of you is going to have to move or like a lot of my clients have done. They left both of their places and found something in the middle or completely a whole new place and move there together. Because then you're sharing new experiences together, which is something magical. Exactly. And they can never, whenever there's fights that are going to happen, because they always are and they do happen, one person who left their whole life behind and moved to the other person's hometown will never be resentful and say things like, I left my entire life behind, my family, my friends, my job, and look what you're doing. Mm. So I always say, you know, you don't have to move into his house and he doesn't have to move to your house. Why don't you, especially if you have a job that allows you to work from anywhere, and for a lot of us now we can, or find a whole new job, just both of you pick up and leave. Because then neither one of you will be resentful of God forbid something happens, you know, and it, to be open to that, to be open to possibilities of change and new environment, especially if you don't have children, if you don't have anything tying you down, you can make friends anywhere. But if this is your life partner, why not? And if you're just having fun, most people, like your question before was most people that are looking for a matchmaker that come to me are looking for something serious. So they're not just going to pay money to just date and have fun because it's something they can do on their own you know fair enough so you are a married woman you've been married for from my maths over 20 <laughs> years now so you are definitely an example of your own job it's not like you're a, a single divorced woman who's like oh yeah I'm a matchmaker you know I'll make you meet men I'll make you meet women so talk me through the process of how you found your husband or where you found him is he in a different culture from you and all, all this kind of stuff like how does how is he matched to you uh, that that's that's an interesting question. I haven't been asked that in a long time. Um, well, so yes, unfortunately, um, I got married very young, very young. Why would you say unfortunately? Because I, I, I feel like I, I missed out. I want to be married young, but I'm not. So no. why is it unfortunate? Well, so when we met, I was 21. I had just turned 21, and he is 11 years older than me, and I had an issue with it from day one. It wasn't something I was looking for. It wasn't something I aspired to. And he didn't have any money. 
So it wasn't like I married into money. It was just some guy who just came along and you were just like, yeah, I guess. Well, you know what happened was um, my mom and my grandma, who is no longer with us, but they kept saying that I wasn't dating quality men, right? Which maybe I wasn't. I was 21. I mean, come on, you know, what? you shouldn't be. You should just be dating and having fun. So they both decided that they're going to go and they put um, my picture. I don't know if you remember, there used to be this thing in the United States. There's called Glamour Shots. And this is where you went in and they did the, your hair, your makeup. They put you in this horror looking thing with your shoulders out and they teased your hair. And it was like, oh, wow. I mean, it was ridiculous. Front page material. Front page, yeah. Glamour, like boobs out, fur, whatever. And so they put those pictures in our local Jewish community center. They just opened this singles thing. So they had a book, literally a book, a physical book of girls, women, and a book of men. And it was one page. You took out like an ad, basically. And it was a whole page. It was laminated where you wrote out um, your interests, your hobbies, just like online dating, but on paper. Different type of swipe going on there. It's like, no, I don't like it. Flip the page. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We just kept doing this. So, and I came home from uh, my big 21st birthday in Las Vegas with my Mexican boyfriend at the time. And they said, okay, that's it. You're dating Jewish guys only from now on. Again, what we talked about, family influence. And I never dated Jewish men. I never dated Russian men. You know, I dated everything, but it just wasn't, you know, I was open. I was open to anything and anyone. So I remember thinking, okay, they already paid for a whole year subscription for this. Okay. So a, a girlfriend of mine said, let's just go, let's just go look, let's just see what guys are there. You know, you're constantly fighting with your boyfriend. You guys are breaking up, getting back together. Let's just go. Fine. So we go and I'm flipping through these pages and I am by far the youngest person in there because who, who does that at 21? So I'm looking through the pages and then we, we see his bio profile page, whatever. And he's in there holding an Emmy or an Oscar or something. And he's got his big Jufro. I mean, it was, it was huge. You know, it was real seventies. It was real seventies. And this was 95, 96, 97. He he was out of style with that, with that big Jufro. It was just, it was just there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think there was a pick on the side too, maybe too. I'm like, what? What are you trying to? What is this? You know? And so, but she saw, she goes, oh my God, he's holding an Oscar or whatever it was. And we, we got to know the story. So she was more into him than I was. Those things never impressed me. Like it just wasn't my style and I, I couldn't care less, you know? So I'm like, okay, fine. So we had to give permission for him to call me, I had to, he had to give permission for me to call him, I, whatever it was, literally called me the next day or two days later. And we spoke on the phone for five hours oh, about wow. God knows what. I think our, when I first answered the phone, I had just opened a can of Coke and I was looking down in there and it looked like gasoline because, you know, kind of is. And so he goes, oh, hi, what are you doing? This is Scott. You know, we met through whatever. I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm looking down a can of Coke and kind of looks like I'm about to drink gasoline. And we just talked about who knows what for five hours. And I thought, 
okay, you know, I don't sense this 11-year decade difference. Let, let's see what happens. So we went on a date. We had the worst first date ever. Oh, no. What did the you worst. do? Was it, was it you or him? <laughs> Be honest now. Oh, no. It was him. It was him. Because <laughs> even then, I was always setting people up. And I had in my, in my mind of what a date should be like. And mm-hmm. he broke every, every rule in my book, everything. No haircut, no clean shoes, not smelling good. All, I know that I know what you need to do, but you know, go on, t- tell the listeners what, what it exactly. is he did wrong. So I was living with my parents at the time. Still, so I was in school and he showed up half an hour late because back then we didn't have GPS. This was like, we had, I, you probably didn't have, but we had this Thomas guide that you literally open page by page and you had to find where, you know, it was like, you know, a paper map and he couldn't find my parents' house. So he drove around in circles and no cell phones to call and say, I'm sorry, I'm running late. So he shows up and he had been playing golf all day with his buddy. No so shower, was, nothing. Just rocked up in the in the polo shirt and the, the <laughs> nice slacks. I think he took a shower, but he was still dripping wet because he got sunburned. You know, he's a pretty fair white Jewish person. So he was beet red and he was sweating because he was running around the, the area looking for the place. He had the giant Jufro and sunburned. And he walked in the door and my dad said, his heavy Russian accent, What's wrong with him? I'm like, I don't know. You ask him. It's like, why he's sweating? Like, I don't know. Like, and later he apologizes. I'm sorry. I got sunburned and I was late and I'm this. I was like, okay, okay, fine. We'll go with it. So we go to his car. He does not open the car door. He just goes on the driver's side and sits down. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll open my own car door. I get in. We go to a restaurant. We walk. As we walk up to the door. He doesn't open the door. We're just standing there. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll open the front door. So I open the door and we're sitting there. We were having a good time. What did you do? Did you go out to, to eat? We did. We went to a restaurant to okay. eat. Fancy yes. restaurant or just like a kind of middle of the road type place? It was, it was like a Monday night. So there was nowhere really to go. And I had school the next day. It was all right. It wasn't bad. So Applebee's it was. Just go to Applebee's. It's fine. It was you know what? It was TGI Fridays. That's, actually. A, that's a decent place for a first day. The food's all right. You know, a couple fries, right. a burger, some wings. Not too bad, but okay. It was so, all right. So you, you get there, you're eating, get there. he's eating. And and you, sorry, you were saying that I haven't heard the terrible part of the date. So far, it sounds like he's having a bad day and you've just been thrown into the bad day. So right. now we're actually on the date officially. And I'll tell you why he was doing all those things too. So it was very, um, I, I, I want to say he was doing it on purpose and I'll explain why. So we're sitting there, we're eating, we're having a great conversation. And then towards the end, when the bill comes, the check to pay, he makes a terrible joke. And at this point, we don't know each other that well, but he was trying to lighten the mood and make jokes and said something like, you know, if this was my friend, David Weinstein, he'd make you pay half. Okay, so you just called your friend David Weinstein cheap, and you just told me that I should probably pull out my wallet and pay. So I'm like, oh, no, motherfucker. I'm going to, oh, fine. So I pull out my purse, I get my wallet out, and I'm like, here. And I start, he goes, no, 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 no. I was joking, I was joking. I'm like, well, 
I don't know you well enough for you to be making these jokes. The bill just came. It's a little weird. Whatever. So we left and I get home. And of course, there was no kiss. There was nothing. Oh, so you do believe in kissing on the first date. That was one of my other questions is, do you believe in kissing on the first date? Because I personally don't. But that's just because I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Like, I, oh. I don't know where you've been. I don't, I've just met you now. Like, ah, maybe not this time, but definitely the next time. But I feel like women always want to kiss on the first date. And that is just not me. But it's to my favor. What can that's I say? so funny you say that because I'm a big hypochondriac. Yeah. And yeah. I will do everything and anything except for kissing. I, I, I mean, of course, I like kissing certain moments and stuff, but with new people, like you said, I, I don't know your, where your mouth has been. I don't know where your hygiene is like. I don't know if you brush your teeth, you know, twice All a day things. or exactly. Yes, it's huge. I, I get it. I understand. But honestly, that first kiss, it's so important. But on the first date, it's a bit like, yeah. for me, it feels like a bit too much. Do you know what I mean? But so you're saying your now husband didn't kiss you on the first date. I'm sure he's kissed you many times between now and then. But so he dropped you off, didn't kiss you. And then, okay, so the issues have been so far turned up, sunburnt. At the restaurant, he decided that he'd make a joke about you paying half. No kiss at the doorstep. And then what happened from there? Just he proposed to you the next day and you're married. now. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, well... The, that, that's actually really funny you say that. So um, he dropped me off. That was it. I never want to see him again. Uh, he keeps calling and calling and he sent me. He knew he fucked up. You know, I, I, I don't know if this is a PG show, but he knew he oh, messed up. You can up. swear. Get, get all the swear words okay. out. Bring, bring every swear word you want. I'm I swear, sure. you swear. It's all fine. doesn't matter. Listeners, okay, good. they're over 18. They, they know what it is. If you don't like swearing, listeners, you've already listened to the rest of the show. People swear. Okay, we're right. adults here. True. So at this point, it's been, you know, it's going on weeks and weeks where he's sending flowers, he's sending chocolates, he's sending teddy bears, which I actually gave to my dog who ripped him up to shreds. I'm not responding to anything because I'm like, this guy is just a douchebag. Like, that's just, just not, I'm not doing this, you know? And so I go back to my Mexican boyfriend. I may have had some other boyfriend. I mean, I was dating like multiple people at once. I was like, forget this guy. I'm done. But he keeps calling. And he's very persistent and he's calling and I was afraid he was going to show up at my work or show up at my house. And, you know, I'm still living with my parents. So I'm like, okay, I just have to put an end to it. I can't just ignore him. And now people are calling it ghosting. I'm about right? to say you were ghosting before it was a thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I got to do something before this guy does something crazy. Right. I got to just lay it out, explain, done. So I remember I finally called him back. And he just said, look, I am so sorry. I know I messed up, but what, what did I do? What did I do? Because I know I messed up to call me back. You're not responding to anything. Did you get my chocolates? Did you get potato beers? Did you get this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all in the trash. Yeah, I got it. Um, and so he goes, just tell me. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. It's so bad. And he's like, just tell me. What did I do? Just tell me. I said, okay, you really want to hear it. Okay, here goes. And I started from the beginning. You were late. You were sunburned. You look, you were sweating. You looked like you didn't even take a shower. He's like, I swear I took a shower. I'm sorry. We were late from golf. Well, motherfucker, why are you playing golf on the day of your very first date? Mm -hmm. Knowing, you know, like, oh, I forgot sunscreen, saw a sunburn. Like, why are you doing these things? Like, women wouldn't do these things, or most women. You, and, and make sure you finish early. I mean, you know how golf is. You can be out there all day. 
you didn't open the car door. You didn't open the restaurant door. You made some stupid joke about pain. So I laid it all out, right? And he goes, oh my God. He said, look, the last girlfriend I went out with, actually the last two, told me, I don't need you to pay for my food. I don't need you to open my door. I'm a feminist. I'm an independent woman. I don't need you to be doing this for me. And they got really upset. So he was going by, okay, this is the 90s. Women need to, for me to buy them drinks and food. I don't need to open the car door. They don't like that. Right. He was conditioned to the feminist woman. And you are, I'm assuming, more of a traditional woman where you want the chivalry side of things. But in his head, he's like, this is not what they want anymore type thing. Well, and he also, you know, I think, he, like you said, it depends on the person and it depends on the woman. Yes, I'm a feminist and I'm still, I'm very progressive and up to the times with everything, if you want to call it that. But I still want those things, right? Especially on the first day. And I told him, I said, you know, that may have been them or that one person or two people. Most women do want their doors open and most women want that. They want the romance and they want all of it. So he was so, so sorry and so apologetic. And um, I think it was probably um, another month after that where I, because I was done. I didn't want anything to do with it. And I decided, because he kept trying and calling, I decided to give him another chance. And we went out again, like a couple months later or something. And then two, three months later, he did. He proposed very quickly. Oh, wow. Hold on a second. Let's, let's backtrack here. So for the listeners that are keeping up with this, there was months in between, he was persistent, then he got the the girl, right? He got the girl that he was desperately searching for, right? Desperately trying to get. And then three months after he proposed, were you feeling the love? Like from, because you skipped a whole bunch of stuff there. There was the second date and going forward. What was he like from then? Was it just, he was smashing it out the park type thing? Or how was it going from the second date? Well, I mean, it was 23 years ago. So honestly, I can't remember a lot, but obviously he was doing something right. And <laughs> no, it it was, it was, here's the thing. And this is why I said, unfortunately, I got married young. For most relationships, when you get married that young, it does not work out. It really doesn't. And that's why, you know, I have a 21 year old right now. And I keep telling him, imagine getting ready to get married right now. Can you imagine that? He's like, hell no. So and you're like, I was married, and you know, two years from now, I had you. Had you right? Okay. It's very early. Most people are not ready and prepared, and I don't think I was. I feel like if if he was, my husband wasn't that much older than me, I probably wouldn't have. But I did see that at least one of us had his life together. He was finished school. He had a job. He had a career, like he knew what he was doing in life and he knew what he wanted. I was just still going through school and we both just wanted to travel. We wanted to live. That didn't last long. We ended up getting pregnant six months after we got married and, you know, had a kid. But so all of that, yes, clearly we're still here. We're not perfect. There, there's, and I'm very open about it on my own podcast, my social media, even with my kids that we've had our ups and downs because when you do get married that young, you're not the same person 10 years later, 20 years later. So it's a lot of work. You know, I don't know if we'll get, we'll stay together forever and grow old together. We'll see. But 
we've had to put in a lot of work. It's not easy. It's not people think that, oh, you know, if it's the right relationship, it'll be easy. No, there's issues. So there's going to be issues. It's normal. And say you really have to know yourself before you make that commitment. That's exactly what I was going to say. You don't even know yourself at such a young age because, you know, when you're young, you have your high school sweetheart and whatever. And you do see some people ride that high school sweetheart thing out to the to the end. That's good for them. They clearly watched enough Disney and figured it all out. But for me personally, you know, 18 versus, you know, the age I am now, 28, it is wild. I'm a completely different person, completely different interests. I don't even like or do half of the stuff I did back then. I haven't got the same friends, you know, well, some are still the same, but you know what I mean? You change so much. And for you to have gone from being, you know, 18, fresh and fresh as an adult, 21, married, 23 with a child. Like, if I think about that now, I'd be like, okay, wow, I have a child. I, you know, I guess who I am now is who I have to be. But I'm assuming from then till now, you've changed so much as a person, as has your husband, but you've you said it wasn't easy. So have you changed together and been progressive together? Like, how do you work through some of these issues? Well, and that and that's the toughest part is when nowadays I feel like a lot of people do give up easy. They do give up easier. I think therapy helps. <laughs> I mean, going obviously, uh, men are a little less inclined to go to a therapist, and it's it took a while for him to be open to it. We have gone separately. We have gone together. Some therapists were a complete waste of time. I mean, I'm just going to say that. And you have to find the right one. You really have to try a lot of them. It's not one one fits all kind of a thing, right? So I think communication is huge. Obviously, everyone says that, but people don't really take that seriously. Um, I am watching a lot of my clients and friends who have given up easy who have given up and never looked back i have others who have put in the work and have gone to therapy who have come out stronger and tougher because of it so i think with time and with different challenges in your life you have different issues in the relationship so when the kids are young that's a, a really really easy time for people to break up i mean a lot of people do get divorced or separate or break up when they have small children because kids are awful. I mean, I hate to say this, but you know, they will ruin your relationship if, if you allow it to happen. And, you know, he, he knows I, I do comedy on the side and I joke about all of it. So he, he's totally fine with everything, but there's a big reason why our kids are so far apart. They're like five and a half years apart was because we didn't think we would make it. So we didn't want to have another child put another kid into this world if we weren't going to stay together. So it's all about communication. It's all about working through things if it's important enough to you. And of course, you have to realize that, which is what I tell my clients all the time, one person cannot be your all and yeah. everything, right? Yeah. So yeah. you can't have, in a, in a man or woman, you can't have um, an amazing lover, an amazing provider, an amazing father for your kids, an amazing listener, communicator. You just can't. So that's why a lot of people choose not to be in monogamous relationships. They choose to have, you know, an open relationship or they choose to be in that relationship for a short period of time until the kids are grown or older and then they leave. And honestly, 
it sounds weird for a matchmaker to say this, but human beings were not wired to be monogamous, at least not for long periods of time, for certain parts in your life. Maybe when you're having children, um, you know, when you're older and you just need a companion. But for the most part, it is not natural. It's unnatural for human beings to be in a, you know, 20 year, 30 year, 40, 50 year monogamous relationship, but they do it because that's what society tells us we have to do. Right. So, so it's one thing to, to kind of be a matchmaker, but you're also a realistic person. You're not saying, okay, you're going to find this person. You're going to be with them for the next 60 odd years of your life or however long you've got left. This is it. You're realistic. But then you're also saying, from your own kind of perspective, like as in your own personal life, as opposed to your work life, sometimes it's worth sticking it out because, you know, if it's, if it's not completely broken, why break it off type thing? If, there, if there's room to, well, grow together or grow back towards one another, you, you should do it is what you're saying. Right. Right. And I, it's it, like, I keep saying, you know, there's, there's so much to it. We can talk about this for hours. So I'm trying not to, you know, uh, make this too long, but everything you just said is exactly what I say to people. You know, if, if you like that person, you can't, you can't just love them, right? Love is okay. You love them. You love them, but you have to like that person. And I truly, my husband and I, we truly like each other as human beings and we respect each other. And I like him as a person. And when I stop, when I stop liking him as a person, that's when relationship is going to be done because I will love him because he's the father of my children that he, you know, we, we have a life together, but you don't always like that person. It's like family, right? You love them because they're your fucking family, but you can't stand them. You don't like them. You may not like that person, uh, but you have to love them because they're family. So if you have that admiration and respect for that person, if there's something worth saving, because sometimes there isn't, you know, sometimes, you know, when the respect is lost, when there's trust issues, when there's abuse, when there's, whether it's verbal or physical, no, I, I don't think people should stay together. Right. But I have seen a lot of couples who have opened up their relationship. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe they have cheated or maybe they just had an open relationship. And that has brought them closer because it made them realize that you, they've seen what's out there, so to speak. Right. I mean, I've seen what's out there. It's not pretty. It's scary out there. Sometimes if you've got a half sane person who's not, you know, bummy and living on the street, maybe stay with that because a lot of a lot of what's out there is crazy and messed up. And what I've realized, obviously, I'm still a fairly young person, I like to think. <laughs> but the older you get, the worse it gets because these people have been out there. They've been with this person, that person. Now they think this and that about whoever else. And it's like you said in the beginning of, of our talk you have to change people's mindsets, but not everybody's going to someone like you, Julia. People are just out there figuring it. Well, I say figuring it out for themselves. And, right. and they're, you know, they're just not, not in a rude way, like as in probably day to day. Yeah. They're a nice person, but in a relationship, they're probably a terrible person to experience. They might be too clingy. They might be too distant. They might not want to do, Oh, I used to do this for my husband. So now I won't do that for you. It's like, well, then I don't like you now. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of this. Right cherry picking of I want the best parts of all my previous partners in the next person with none of the yeah. negative sides you have to be sent from heaven to me which I'm sure you agree is near impossible no it is it is a hundred percent impossible that's 
that's why I say sometimes you have, you know, it, it sounds it sounds bad to come from a matchmaker, but sometimes you need multiple people if that's what you want, right? If you want just one partner, then you have to accept that this is all they can give you. Or in this moment in time, this is all they can give you. So if they're going through a career change, if they're going through emotional things, if they're going through death in the family, you're not going to get a lot of emotional support. And if you have to decide whether you're going to stay with them and stick it out. And the next chapter in your life may bring something else. Things are always changing, right? Things are changing in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. Every decade brings something different. When your kids are older, it's completely different. I mean, we realized a long time ago that when the kids are not around, we don't fight. We don't fight at all. That's why I say kids are fucked up. Like they ruin your relationship. And if you are not ready for that, you know, having my first kid at 22, I had no idea what it meant to have children. But now I tell people, wait, wait as long as you possibly can you know, freeze your eggs if you need to, but you have to make sure that your relationship is solid enough to bring this tiny little screaming, pooping thing into your world because the first year is hell. And so many relationships don't work out when you have children. I mean, imagine having twins or triplets or back to back. Well, funnily enough, my little sisters are twins and, uh, my stepmom was having a, a terrible time because, you know, you've only, like I said, you've only got one, you know, two arms. But, you know, when you've got one baby in each arm, one starts crying, the other one starts crying, one needs a diaper change, the next one needs a diaper. It's, it's hellacious. You know what I mean? It's absolutely insane to have one, let alone two at the same time. And I, I do, I do understand, obviously, I don't have children myself, but I understand that children put a strain on, on a relationship. So where you're matchmaking people, you matchmake people with kids, without kids, would you ever suggest that someone who doesn't have kids date someone with kids and all this kind of stuff? Like what, what is the kind of like kid situation like for most people? What do you find most women say versus what most men would say? Right. Well, I, I always tell people to be open-minded because kids are, as much as I talk crap about kids, they're not a disease, right? I mean, it's a child. Eventually they're going to grow up and they're going to leave your house. So it's, it's, an amazing thing to bring a human into this world. So I do tell people, be open-minded. So just because you don't have children of your own, why can't you date someone with a child or two? Uh, it's a lot tougher to convince men that don't have children to date women that have one or two children. Uh, it's a lot easier with women. They're a lot more open-minded. I don't know why, and I wish it wasn't that way. Uh, but I did have some interesting clients who came to me who were pregnant and they wanted to date or they had just had a child like little a baby you know maybe a few months old and the relationship didn't work out or they were never married they just broke up while she was pregnant and that's a tough one because you know dating while you're pregnant that alone is just like yeah well, that's just insane I, I, I know it sounds a bit a bit too x-rated but you know listeners you've been warned from the beginning how does yeah. the sex side of things work if she's already pregnant? You know what I mean? Like, it's a bit... Well, there's no protection. Well, you don't yeah, need the, to be I mean, using, yeah, that's the upside. You know. But, you know, the, the part I'm more so thinking about is it's just like, I mean... I'm, there's a baby. Yeah, there's, there's something going on in there and it's not mine type thing. So it's it's still a bit... Oh, I don't know. I'm sure some people are into that type of thing. But 
what happened with this pregnant lady that was dating? Did you find her a match while she was pregnant or after she had the baby? Well, it's interesting because I, um, I've had two people that come to, they came to me over the years and it's a long time ago. And I, I didn't take them on because that was going to be a very tough sell. You know, not only is she pregnant, but it's obviously somebody else's baby. And one of them I think was pretty far along too. So I just told her, listen, have the baby adjust to your new life. You would have a much better chance of finding someone as a single mother than while you're pregnant. You know, most, most men are not that open-minded and the men that you will find that are into that, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a problem. Them, it's a know? serious problem. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> There's a whole porn section of pregnancy, right? Pregnant okay. women. So you don't want it to go down that road. So I was saying to her that, you know, have the baby. You don't have that much more to go. Focus on the baby. Focus on yourself. Make sure you're ready. And then I actually did set her up. I did match her once she was ready, you know, going through. I mean, the, the, the first few months, is just a blur. How can you be dating? I can't imagine dating after having a yeah. baby. So um, the other one I didn't take her on. She was very early on in the pregnancy and it just, it's way too difficult. And I knew she wanted somebody very local where we live, as we talked about, it's, it's pretty conservative as it is. And you throw a pregnant woman into that mess. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, and in fact, the other day, actually, I'm in a huge network with other matchmakers throughout the world and we help each other out. She, one of the matchmakers actually posted on that group page saying, Hey, I have a pregnant client who just came to me. What do you think? Should I take her on? Should I not take her on? And we all gave her the pros and the cons and she didn't end up taking her on. And I think she pretty much told her the same thing, you know, have the baby. It's going to be a lot easier after, uh, but I get it. You're lonely. You, you you want somebody and your hormones are completely out of whack. I mean, I was so freaking horny when I was pregnant. It was probably the best, <laughs> you know, sex of my life because your hormones are just, oh. Well, you already, you already got into great. that position by having sex. So, it's, I mean, some of it does make a little bit of sense that you're horny because it's like, you're, maybe your husband feels like, oh, I can't touch her because her feet are swollen and all this kind of stuff. But you're like, just touch me. Jesus, man. Oh, <laughs> yes. You want it all the time, especially with certain parts in the pregnancy. In the beginning, no, you don't want to have anything to do with a penis. But then later, as it gets better, you know, you, you don't have the nausea anymore. So I can see how it's 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 a lonely time, you know, being pregnant on your own if there's no mm. partner. So that's mm. a tricky one. But you should see some of the you should hear some of the stories. I've been writing a book called Confessions of a Matchmaker for years now. I was going to ask you about that because I obviously I heard you talking about it last year in one of your podcasts. And I was like, I can't see it. All I see is the No Smiling Allowed book, which I haven't had a chance to listen yeah. to yet. But so this uh, Confessions of a Matchmaker book, you know, what's what's going on there? What what happens in it? Yeah. So the, the funny thing is I started writing it and I just honestly, I have it pretty much the whole thing ready to go. But the clients never stop coming, right? And the crazy ones keep coming. So there's more and more to add. So I can never seem to finish because it's like, oh my God, I have to put this one in there. Like a guy who said um, he will only date women with real breasts. So, okay. So what do you want me to do? Do you want me to like conduct sexual harassment seminars and like feel every potential match? Like, excuse me, honey, 
let me just do a quick little, you know, okay, they seem pretty real. You pass, you know, like, how do you want me to ask people? Are those real? Sometimes you can't tell these days, right? So he got, and this is part of my whole comedy thing, which is, okay, well, you want real boobs. Well, we want a 12 inch, you know, foot long penis. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he hasn't got that going on, but if he does... Exactly. Then he's in a high demand anyway, so he wouldn't be coming to you. <laughs> so I'm like, you can't ask for that kind of crap. Like, so I keep adding to it and adding to it, and I feel like there's going to be no end. So, you know, my editor there, I was working with, she's like, you just have to finish. It's literally just short, funny stories about the craziest of the crazies that come to me and the things they ask for. You know, I had a man who was in his late 50s who said, you know, I don't relate to my children. So I want to start a whole new family. Uh, and, and I want to have boys because I don't relate to my daughters. I'm like, how are you going to guarantee, first of all, that you have boys unless you do that whole separation? Yeah, CRISPR is called where they, where they design your baby before it's even born type thing. Yeah. Right. And I said, so instead of fixing your relationship with your current adult children, you just want to forget like they exist and to just start all over again. Oh, okay. That sounds right. Then I had, um, I don't want to say that it's all for men, the crazy It sounds stories. like There's it, but I also work. understand. As a man, but, I know a few men myself. We are kind of crazy. Women are crazy too, right? but not in the same way that these men seem to be making these outlandish requests and statements. Well, so, I mean, okay, for, from the women, most of them are about height. Oh, yeah. I had the, the shortest, shortest woman I have ever had. And she, she was probably five feet tall, same height as me. And she goes, oh, yeah, you know, I won't date any men under six feet. Do you want a giraffe? No, she wants tall children, but she doesn't realize her genes are in there too. So when her son is five foot three and her daughter's six foot nine, like her husband, what does she, what does she expect to happen? She's short. Well, so she actually already had kids. She was older. She didn't want kids. It was not, I thought that's what it is. But like you said, your genes are in there too. And in fact, the height of your children does depend on the mother. Oh. A lot of it. A lot, I want to say it's like 60% mother and the rest the father. So, um, but she said, I said, why, why are you five feet tall? Even if you wear heels, you're still not even close. You know, he would still be like, you will be to his, you know, shoulder, chest area, whatever. Right. And she said, you know, I just want to feel small. You already and I just small. want to feel protected. And I'm thinking, okay, you just want a giraffe, go to the zoo, get yourself a pet. You don't want a man. Like you want to feel small, go stand next to an elephant. I don't know. Well, what do you want from me? Like really six feet. Do you know now there's not that many over six feet tall men, you know? So anyway, that, that was the craziest part. But that one's probably a lot more common. Cause I feel like a lot of women are like, oh, any man under six foot is a child, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, what, whatever. Say, say what you're saying, live your life how you want to live it. But I don't think a lot of people realize that the majority of people are actually, you know, a certain height, which is under six foot, unfortunately. And like you right. said, that woman was short. Why would she care about how tall he is as long as he's taller than her type thing? And even then, I know some tall women. They're like six foot two, six foot three. They don't care. They date men that are like five foot two, tiny men or any size. They don't care. Right. So I'm, I'm always confused by that. Cause you know, if, if it's always the race of, oh, the man's got to be taller than the woman and he must be able to lift more than, you'll, you'll always be looking for something that just probably doesn't exist. It's, it's really very shallow, especially in today's world. So, and I've known some of the shortest men who 
walk in the in the room and their presence, their confidence is literally making them taller and bigger than any man in there. It's all about your confidence. It's all about how you carry yourself. So, you know, it, it's it's very shallow and I I hate hate when people tell me that kind of stuff. So, but so anyway, going back to the book, yes, I started writing. I could never finish it because it's like a daily occurrence of somebody crazy with crazy requests comes to me because it, it's kind of turning out to be another funny book, like my first book, which, which is called No Smiling Aloud, is yeah. growing up in Soviet Russia. It's really short, funny stories about what life was like there, what life was like when we came here, growing up here. We were one of the first uh, Russian Jewish um, families in Orange County. So that was crazy. You know, it was like people asking me, um, do, do you have, uh, is it always cold in Russia? Yeah, we have no seasons. It's just winter, you know, all year round. It's just the stupidest things, you know, like, oh, do bears really walk down the street? Uh, yeah, like we just let bears walk down the street everywhere. Like, what do you think? I think Russia is one of those places where everybody, like, everybody knows where Russia is and what it's about, but everyone has their own assumptions of like, oh, they drink vodka all day. And like you said, there's bears walking down the street. Yeah. They just, there's just guns. Everyone has a gun. They eat breakfast with a gun. It's like, I'm sure it's nothing like that, but coming to America, if I'm sure if you came to England, it'd be less of that because people are too uh, reserved to ask you them type of questions. But in America, yeah. I'm sure they're asking you some of the wildest stuff possible. Uh, and you were just like, really? What do you think we're doing over there? I feel like America is really lacking a lot of culture and a lot of common sense. You know, people just say whatever's on their mind. There's no filter. There's no class. And it's uh, it's a huge reason why you know we actually want to move out of here. We've just had it. it. It's 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 a lot easier to do what I do in other parts of the world than than where I am. And having networked with a lot of matchmakers in the UK, in the you know other parts of Europe and all over the world, really, I'm seeing that a lot of these things that I talk about, the issues with the clients and being very. Uh, selfish and very self-absorbed and shallow it's not quite the same in other parts of the world you know i think in america people just expect certain yeah. things and there's this huge expectation of perfection and everybody wants a blonde with the blue eyes you know this california whatever it's, everybody's a surfer and it's just so it's unrealistic. Just draining. it's draining it's very draining yeah. So I can't, what was your question about oh, my book? Yeah. Right? I mean, I think you kind of, you covered both books, which was good. Cause I was actually going to ask you about No Smiling Aloud. <laughs> Listeners, you should go and, uh, you know, listen to or buy. I'm not sure if it was a physical book or I only saw the audio book, but No Smiling Aloud. It's on Amazon. Get that. I'm sure it will be a funny listen. I'm going to listen to it because it is on is it Prime or whatever? It's on Audible. Like you can listen to it if you have. Yeah, it's right, an Audible. So yeah, I, I need to get right. that going. But you, yeah, you really spoke about it. You Thank kind of covered you. the new book, which I was wondering about, which, you know, where is that? But we'll give you your time with that. I'm sure if you come back on the show, you'll be able to promote that book too at the right time and whatever else. But I did want to ask you, what brings you the most joy being a matchmaker? Because we spoke about all the crazy stuff, all the bad stuff, but like, let's flip to the good side. What What is the parts of it that makes you happy? Well, the best thing is to wake up in the morning to a text or an email that, oh my God, Julia, I had the best time with the guy, the girl that you set me up with. This was such a dream. This was an amazing date. 
that is what keeps me going. It's those texts, emails, phone calls that you were right. I should have been open and I'm glad I met him or her, even though she or he is not my type. And it's when not only that they had a great time, but the fact that they listened to me that, you know, they may not be your perfect type of what you describe in that little box, but I have a great feeling about that person. And I really, really want you to meet them. And when they do, and I have an, an amazing time and they see what I'm talking about that, I mean, there's no greater feeling in the world, you know, I mean, I was going to say, except for my kids were born, but no, I, I hated it. That was the worst. That was a tough day, <laughs> but you know, it's, you can't even explain how it feels when someone gives that person a chance and they have a great time and they can't wait to see them. And you start to see this relationship blossoming all from them listening to me and being open-minded. And then if they get engaged and they have kids, I mean, that's incredible. You know, it's literally, we just created a whole new life. Where can the listeners find you? Where are your social medias? What is your website? All that kind of stuff. So my website is matchbyjulia.com. And they can actually buy a print edition of my book on my website. It's, it's a long story why it's not on Amazon. It will be back on there. And I'm all over social media, either Match by Julia on Twitter, uh, Julia Bendis, and just type my name. It's all there. My podcast is called Someone Had to Say It. It's me and my co-host, we talk about relationships, mental health, addiction, everything, everything, sex, everything. I, you know, nothing is off limits. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.